0: The JSE has opened its doors for another shortened week because of the Easter holiday that is just behind us. And four days have gone by since we last spoke to Nick Kunzer. This is the opening, and Nick Kunzer is from Sandham Private Wealth. Nick, on Thursday night, the S&P closed, I think, at 2,787. Then yesterday, when the U.S. was open, it fell by about one stage, one and a half percent, but closed down, I don't know, half a percent, something like that. But now it's back where it was on Thursday night, so that's that's okay.
1: Yeah, Lindsay. Good morning. Yeah, welcome back. It's been a it's been a strange one having a, a lockdown Easter. You're sort of blurring that line now between sort of holiday and, <laughs> and stay at home. But anyway, yes. back on my desk in my in my studies. Um, yeah, nice. It, it's an I guess a, a little bit of a, a risk on feel this morning, as you pointed out. You know, last week in the US, I mean, if people can put their their mind back four days. I mean, that we had the biggest rally since 1974 on the week. Uh, That was on the back of these extreme measures that the Federal Reserve are are taking to shore up the economy. And mean, of course, they were open as normal yesterday while most of Europe and ourselves in South Africa were shut. Uh, And it was a bit of a soggy session. Uh, but today, back on the front foot, at, at one stage, the S&P futures uh, back above that sort of 2,800 level. we got a stronger rand off the back of it. Risk assets are rallying a decent sort of Asian market. Uh, we had some Chinese export numbers this morning, which were uh, a little bit better than expected, although… Um, Do you believe you them? …we can't always trust, uh, not in the slightest. Um, uh-huh. But um, the market likes them, and uh, we seem to have a little bit of risk on this morning. Just just small, I'll uh, this four-day week.
0: Very good. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah. Um, We'll come to the the semantics of that. One thing that did happen over the weekend was the oil price was front of mind because OPEC, or rather, Saudi Arabia and Russia came to a deal. Mexico was on the sidelines. Mr. Trump sent out a tweet and said, I'll help Mexico, I'll help you, Mexico, if you need me to. And then, of course, the market spiked up about five, five, five and a half percent and then immediately came crashing down again to unchanged. It is up this morning by about 1%, with Brent crude at 3209 and West Texas at $22.60. Uh, yeah, as I say, both about a 1% uh, gainer. But, but it hasn't worked. And I said in a tweet over the weekend, it's the demand, stupid. So it's not so much the supply. You can make oil as cheap as you like, but if you don't need it, you don't buy it.
1: No, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you 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 and I are probably speaking, are the wrong people to speak to, because I'm very much an oil cynic too. Um, You know, by all intents and purposes, the world is awash with oil. We've we've already spoken about this numerous times in the show. They're running out of tankers. Tanker rates are skyrocketing more and more. Traders, hedge funds, producers are basically looking to store oil in the hope that the price bounces up because there is nowhere left to store it. They literally, the world is awash with oil. But by by rough estimates, I think Lindsay, they need about I saw numbers, twenty-five, maybe thirty million barrels per day cut just to balance. Where we are with 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 uh, production versus usage right now, and as you've said, with the world in complete shutdown, no one is using it, uh, and and they are supposedly going to cut ten. So we're miles away. We're not even close. So a little bit of euphoria on Friday when the story broke and a couple of tweets from the Donald, uh, oils up about eight percent at its peak, but we're now substantially below that. In fact, uh, oil's a little bit up today, but uh, we're about I think about seven percent. We're touched. Um, interesting enough, yes, Mexico so. becoming the sort of kingmakers uh, mm. in this whole in this whole uh, uh, discussion, which is very. I won't go to. We haven't got enough time on the show to talk about it, but the, the bottom line is they they maintain a hedge on the price of oil, and the few OPEC countries to do it. And it's it's been one of the biggest plays on with banks fighting to price that hedge every year. They've been doing it since 2001, so for 19 years. So they've got this massive hedge in oil. So so Mexico don't really care. You know, if the oil price goes down, they're completely covered with a hedge. In fact, the hedge has been extremely profitable every year. They just keep rolling, as I said, for the last 19 years. And if, and if the oil price goes up, they make anyway. So they're actually in quite a sweet position. So it's quite interesting how a small player like, like Mexico, which only – produce about 14 million, uh, 400 million barrels a day are literally holding the cards in this. Anyway, it just shows you OPEC. I mean, you know, believe what you want out of them. but I think this oil price is destined to go lower. Very much so.
0: It's like a central bank intervention in the old days, in the 1980s and uh, 1990s. Uh, people would come in, the Fed would come in to support the falling dollar, and everyone would go, ooh, fantastic. they all stand aside, and people would buy, and then the hedge funds would come in and whack the thing. It lasts two or three mm. days. This
1: thing's going back to 20,
0: without a doubt.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it's not it's – not, I mean, I love the commodity markets because they really are, I guess, to a certain extent um, – Outside of the manipulations that we're seeing in, in other markets, with what with the Fed and other reserve banks and central banks are doing, the you know, commodity markets boil down to supply and demand. And if you've got a product like oil, which is just being pumped out the ground relentlessly, and no one's using your product, and on top of that, there is nowhere left to store your product because you're running out of places. The world is so washed. I mean, it stands to reason. You know, what are you? That the price is going to drop. And right now, you you would have to say you're trying to prop this price up now with the biggest commodity market in the world, I think OPEC are starting to. Uh, what's the expression, Lindsay? The emperor doesn't have any clothes. I think there's only so much you can you can back on this.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I,
1: I, I stick it in the Williams hedge fund. This thing's going under twenty dollars.
0: Jolly good. Let's talk about the other markets now before we have a look at what's happening on the JSC this morning. The dollar rand is seventeen ninety eight. The British pound against the rand is twenty two fifty eight, and the euro rand is nineteen sixty six, which is incidentally if In case anyone doesn't know, when England won anything, the World Cup against Germany. I have to bring it in occasionally. I mean, we have got to have some sort of glory. There's no football around. 109.28 is the euro-dollar exchange rate. Uh, Lest we forget, yesterday was uh, an open day on Wall Street. So the Dow Jones was down 1.4% or 328 points to 23,390. The futures this morning, though, have reversed exactly those losses by uh, rallying 328 points, up 1.4%. The S&P was down 1% last night. The Nasdaq was up, though, 0.5%. FTSE was closed. Everything else was closed this morning in the Far East. Tokyo up 3%. And Shanghai up 1.6% after that uh, trade data that Nick was talking about earlier on. Hang Seng up about half a percent And Australia is a 1.9% gain of gold. Now, gold had a great weekend. Now, this is one of our tips from last week. It's been a tip for a while. Gold got to 17.25 to 17.30 yesterday, back to 17.15 today, but pretty good, Nick. The Brent crude oil price we've spoken about already. Uh, Platinum is up 8 to 7.60, and where is Palladium, please?
1: Uh, up 2%, $45, two percent currently forty five dollars two thousand two hundred forty dollars per ounce.
0: Okay, just on the, on the gold front, everyone suddenly realised that this time, mm. this time it is a safe haven, and it, it, it's really done Definitely. exceptionally well. It wasn't that long ago that it was back at fifteen fifty, and now here we are, uh, multi year highs, I think it is.
1: Seven years to make it exact. Yeah, last time here, was, I think it was in uh, two thousand and twelve or two thousand and thirteen. <clears throat> so yeah, I agree with you. And, and, and you know, pulling on from our conversation last week, I think it's it's just become an easier and easier conversation with on my side, of the clients. Given what the, the Fed did last week, didn't what given what those um, what their balance sheets are doing, it's it's not a difficult. A conversation to convince someone to put a little bit of their their money into gold right now, and I think it's it's probably got much further to go quite frankly
0: I think if I remember one of our last conversations I think it was Thursday night with David Shapiro you said that you mm. t- uh, had a either a new client or a client that had put more money in and you said to him or her because you wouldn't specify who it was that he, you insisted that they had a percentage in
1: gold mm, definitely they must be pleased About with you I see yeah, it's, but if clients never. You never take the glory on the upside. It's always your fault. But. Um, I, I just think it's a it's a logical decision, you know. Even if you're not looking to, in inverted commas, make money, I just think it's you you need that hedge. It's just like you know, just put it in your portfolios. If you have five or ten percent into gold, a new gold or some sort of gold product, given what we you know over the long term, I suspect the dollar is going to weaken. I just think it's the right call, and it's it's displaying it's it's what it's doing now. And I, I certainly think. I say this is not a <clears throat> I'm not a gold bug. I'm just literally from the fact saying like just use it as a hedge you know use it as a as a downside put in your portfolio have some exposure to gold i think it's the right call
0: okay stock exchange news service the big one this morning is capitech's results tell me about those please the share price down a bit
1: yeah i mean they weren't bad um they weren't bad they was a little bit better than expected i mean capitech ironically everyone tries to play the uh, siphon economy versus capitech and yes they they are very exposed to what should we call it? The lower LSM group, or the, all that the part of the economy which, unfortunately, is going to be more under pressure. But um, I must tell you, the they are one of the most capitalized banks. I mean, their, their cash in their balance sheet is far exceeds the other banks. So from that point of view, their their risk departments, or, or that part of that bank, is is extremely run business, uh, well run business. They really are good. There was the disappointment, though, and I think this is maybe why the share price is a little bit down, while the other banks are up in that, uh, and I was quite surprised with this, they said, and I quote this, they decided to support guidance of the South African Reserve Bank and decided against declaration of a final ordinary dividend. So market was a little bit uh, upset by that. But, you know, headline earnings were up by 19% and full-year earnings almost by 18%. So a decent set of numbers. But <clears throat> there's always two sides to the, the dividend story. The one side, the bulls always say this is a good story. Because, uh, obviously, you want to have some some cash in your balance sheet, we might be heading into tough times and it's a better call. Um, But, of course, you get the other side of, of people who rely on a dividend in this environment where there is very little yield anywhere. Yeah. And to cancel a dividend upsets a certain portion of his shareholders. Quite frankly, well, yeah, there so it is. I'm in, I'm in the middle there. I'm Total the middle.
0: dividends it says here per share decreased by 57% to seven fifty five cents per share from 17.1750 um, cents per share in the previous year. Obviously, that's because of the full year, mm-hmm. uh, the, the second uh, half dividend not being declared or full year dividend. But what mm-hmm. will happen is, of course, if things get, if we come out of this um, relatively unscathed and they do as well, then they'll just pay a special dividend to make up for it. Maybe they'll do that. Yeah,
1: I agree with you. <coughs> I agree with you, and, and, and quite frankly, Capitec have never been ones. They're not like the other banks; they're not big dividend payers. Um, and I think it must be important to note, those who are listening, that they're not they're not effectively cancelling their dividend. I think you know, I think a lot of these banks are, as I said, taking guidance from the Reserve Bank. You'll see it offshore as well. They just uh, they haven't quite said it in so many words, but they're just postponing it. You know, they traditionally are big dividend payers, and I think uh, once things return to normal, South African banks and the Capitec will will certainly return to dividend paying.
0: Yeah, I've only got the short-form announcement because I wanted to look at their uh, outlook statement I don't know if you have got the full results then because the first thing one thing that David Shapiro always tells me is The first thing he looks at is the outlook statement so he can get an idea of What's going to come forward and then he goes back and looks at it, which is quite a, a ch- nice trick But um, when you get a short-form announcement, it's it's short for a reason. It doesn't have an outlook statement Have you got anything else?
1: No, <clears throat> that was literally a short-form announcement. They came out with a couple of one-liners at uh, six minutes past seven this morning, uh, and that's that's pretty much it. I don't know if typically these are followed with uh, by some form of a like a conference call with analysts usually later on.
0: Yes. Uh, I
1: think there was one this morning because if I remember, who calls me our bank analyst wasn't on our morning meeting because I think he was listening to Capitec, so… I'm sure we'll get feedback as the day progresses.
0: And how's Bush is revising its dividend proposal and reschedules its annual shareholders meeting. The share price up though, so it's obviously mm. not, obviously not bad news. Um, Invicta well, Holdings another dividend
1: story there. If, mm. if you picked it up, Lindsay, that they're cancelling half their dividend.
0: Bush? Okay, market doesn't seem mm. to mind too much. Nothing else really. Um, what news? What's in the diary this week, Nick? It's a short yes, week again. I've
1: actually got on my screen. I was going to interject if you didn't bring it up. So. We have a short week but thankfully 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 dear listeners we have some potential market moving news other than covid-19 mm. because today kicks off the US quarterly earnings season.
0: Ah with JP so Morgan finally, I think or awesome. mm, Wells more Fargo importantly,
1: Lindsay, mm. what, what yes correct but what the big one is for me um, this is this is the first this is exactly this quarter earnings season is exactly when covid-19 started to kick in. Uh, when it was, certainly when it was gathering pace in the first three months of this year, yes, so it's definitely going to give quite a good insight for, for us and, and I guess analysts, um, to see what this bull knock on effect was because this is literally at the start of it. So, as you said, we've got, J- uh, we got um, JP Morgan out, usually out about midday, Joe the time. Uh, there's going to also be commentary from uh, Jamie Diamond, the CEO. I mean, he was uh, recently hospitalized for heart surgery, but he's back in his job. Uh, then we also get Wells Fargo later, also before the U.S. market opens. And we get Johnson & Johnson too. So a couple of nice ones to kick off the earnings season and to take our minds off, of, off, of, uh, off the COVID-19 story to a certain extent, although these earnings obviously are going to be affected by it. And we also have some a couple of talking heads uh, today as well, which always makes me laugh when I do this morning note now because they're all talking via Zoom. No more mm-hmm. meetings with uh, Federal Reserves sitting in the boardroom. So we've got uh, Reserve President uh, James Bollard, he's due to speak. We have um, another, the Atlanta President, Raphael Bostic, and uh, Bank of Chicago President, who's quite influential, that is Charles Evans, He's also speaking today. So quite a busy diary to, to start off this short week,
0: actually. Very good. Let's have a look at some of the shares that are making headlines this morning after around about 45 minutes of trading. Uh, Nick, I'm going to look I'm gonna go for the golds to start with because they're on the top of my leaderboard. DRD gold up 20%, Sabania still watch up 13 and a bit percent, Implats up 7%, up 7 and Harmony up 6 and 2 thirds percent. So the diggers are doing well.
1: Diggers are doing well. Once again, <coughs> more and more rhetoric. We don't have to hop on about it. Gold is what people are looking at. And uh, that's even with the RAND, which has is, which is finally sort of got back under 18 to the dollar, as you said earlier. So even with a stronger RAND, there's a definite appetite for uh, for the precious metal and, and, and that sort of space. So, And I see that they're up hugely in the States in pride. I mean, I think DRD gold at one point up uh, almost 20% in the US. So a lot of overseas shareholders are also starting to look at the golds, which ironically might actually bode well for certainly for a balance of trade in South Africa, which is maybe why you're seeing a bit of a stronger RAND.
0: Very good. Uh, Sassel down nine percent at sixty-seven seventy-five is what I've got. Obviously disappointed about the fact that the oil price isn't going down, but it certainly isn't going up. Life Healthcare down four and a third. TFG down four and a bit percent. Resilient down three and three quarters. And Fortress A down three point two percent. Any stories there? Anything outside of the ones I've spoken about that are doing something this morning?
1: No, just, just as I said, uh, continuing to see um, certainly the – I guess the ones that affect – I've got City Lodge down 7%, Sun International down 8 So tourism, uh, obviously, with the, with the country maintaining our borders still shut, that's taking a knock, and obviously clothing retailers too. I picked up a story on the weekend, Lindsay. I don't know if you did, if you want to comment on mm-hmm. this game. No. Uh, over the weekend, they came out saying they're looking at not paying uh, their renters. Um, oh, not another one. Checked, yeah, last time I checked on Sunday when I walked into this game to, uh, to buy some goods, they were still trading as normal. So I think that is pretty naughty, actually, if that, if that story is true. And I believe it is because there was a press release. So off mm. the back of that.
0: Yeah, mm. distasteful even if they weren't doing totally. business. But if they are doing business, mm. then it's even more so. I understand that the finance minister is going to be making an announcement later on today. Is this true?
1: Uh, I, got a I tweet. looked on my... Oh. Yes. I, I also saw a, a tweet in You know, I actually looked at... Um, uh, on the Reuters under my sort of Cypher and Rand stories, nothing. I looked under the Cypher Reserve Bank stories, nothing. So I, I can't find anything on my side. I only picked it up on the Twitter sphere. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, I'm, someone's picked up the story, so that's due at midday, I believe.
0: Yes, not okay. not what
1: that's about. Maybe, maybe that ties in with your... Uh, your little gut feeling that there might be a, a rate cut, possibly, maybe.
0: Yeah, but I don't suppose that's anything to do with the treasury. But maybe they'll say, well, we've got some other measures, and uh, I don't know. Maybe mm. there's, there's got to be something. But well, well, watch out for that one. And if it does happen, Nick, uh, what I'll do is I'll phone you, and we'll have a lunchtime update and see what the yeah, market does perfect. on the back of it. Okay, jolly good. Excellent. Nick Kunze, give us the 15-minute trading uh, update on the JSE indices, please.
1: Yeah. Okay. So on this uh, on this Tuesday on the shortened week. It's not a bad start to it, actually, quite frankly. A little bit off the highs, but uh, the all share nonetheless. Up a percent at the moment, 469 points, 48,481 the number there. JC top 40, doing much better, up 600 points, 1.34% firmer, 44,421. And if we drill down to the individual indices, we have basic materials up 3%, technology shares up 2%. uh, Those gold miners really leading us higher on the downside, Financials a little bit soggy down 0.4, industrials down 0.63, and healthcare shares also down one percent on the day.
0: Nick, thank you very much for your time. Um, we'll speak later on with David Shapiro on the five o'clock shadow, definitely, and maybe at lunchtime if indeed there is a finance minister announcement. That's Nick Kunza from Sandland Private Wealth, and that was the opening. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy position